Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss. The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It is Monday, December 18th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today, reunited with my dude from Talking Giants World, Bobby Skinner. I am Chris Rose. Producer Mikey is along for the ride as well. I uh, appreciate you, you know, having somebody fill in for me on Friday. Had a little bit of uh, busy work on Saturday. Did you get a chance to watch the game or no? I did, and I was very disappointed. I was supposed to come up with yep. show references for the broadcast, and I totally forgot to do that. So yeah, my my bad on that. That was that was on you. I was waiting. You know, I kept looking at my phone, seeing if I could drop something in there for the show. Are Not you calling any of these next uh, like Christmas Day games or anything? No, no, no. We have one more game uh, Christmas Eve. And so Eisen and Kurt Warner will be handling that duty, I believe. And I'll be back in the studio. So there well, you go. Ne next year. Next year we'll do that. Uh you know, and maybe the Giants will be good, so we can even like do some Giants related ones, which that'll that'll get our audience, you know, fired up a little more. But yeah, uh, no, good job. That ended up being a, a really Great damn game. good game. Yeah, fun. Um, you know, who would have thought Jake Browning versus Nick Mullins would have would have been such an electric game? But it really was. Yep, uh, interesting coaching decisions from the Minnesota sideline. That's all I can tell you about that. But let's get to what happened on Sunday in the NFL. Buffalo Bills, they improved to 8-6 and six overall, a 21-point home win over the Dallas Cowboys. So what is the bigger story in this one, that the Bills kept themselves alive in the AFC wildcard chase or that the Cowboys' home road splits, their performance continues to widen? Yeah, my biggest mess up in the show without you is I was like, home field's not that important to Dallas, is it? Ah. Like, no, it, it, it actually is. I think they're like undefeated in their last 15 games at home. Yeah. Um, this is a this is tough because I I feel like both of these are so important because the Bills are a team in this AFC that is capable of doing it. They are capable of going to the Super Bowl. But right now, even after beating these two these these last two wins, beating the Chiefs, beating the Cowboys, they're still not in the playoffs. Um, and then the Cowboys. We came on this show Monday, right? We're like, finally. Thank you, Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. You finally won the game. We've all been asking you to win, to take you serious. And then you get blown out. Get blown out. Dak averaging, you know, 3.4 yards per attempt before garbage time, right? So if they would have just lost the Bills, like, hey, that happens. It's the NFL. Good quarterback on the other side. Good teams. I, I feel like it... I feel like it has to be the Cowboys because it's like they built all that momentum and just came out and showed nothing. And they're, and they're going to be on the road in the playoffs again now. Most likely. Most likely. Now, if if the Eagles lose Monday night at Seattle, and then Dallas and Philly are still tied atop the NFC East, there is a way, although I it's very tough to imagine with Philly's schedule. They go Giants, Cardinals, Giants, I believe. And Dallas still has to go at my home, at Miami, home against Detroit, and then at Washington to finish the season. So, the sketch, you know me, I hate playing the schedule game, but if you're going to pick a team because of the schedule down the stretch, you would obviously go with Philly. Um, right. Dallas, it feels like is going to be locked into that five seed by the time we get to mid January. And if that's the case, you go at Tampa or New Orleans. Okay. Although Tampa's interesting and maybe somewhere down the road, we'll talk about Baker Mayfield. 
But then you in consecutive weeks, you would probably have to beat San Francisco and Philly on the road. Good luck with that. Yeah, I mean they're they're not they're not gonna beat San Fran and we'll we'll see what the Eagles are tonight. Like I feel like tonight is a huge test for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And depending on how they look, it's gonna change the judgment of the Cowboys. Like if they blow out Seattle, you know, you can maybe put this, you know, this ball in the dirt for Dallas. But if they Seattle plays them tough, then you're like, okay, maybe the Eagles aren't that great. And it truly is the 49ers NFC. I think it's that case anyways. But you know, after 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 that Eagles game, you're like, okay, maybe maybe the Cowboys have turned a leaf and mm-hmm. they can at least compete with the 49ers after getting blown out earlier in the year. But uh, it's it's got to be so frustrating on that side. And then the flip side, I am excited for the Bills. I want the Bills in the playoffs badly. Yeah, well, I mean, they're it feels like they're one of the only AFC wildcard contenders that has their starting quarterback, and he's not just any old starting quarterback, right? He First time in 10 games, he didn't throw a pick yesterday. He only threw... St- 15 passes, only completed seven. Did you see his soundbite after the game? Yeah, like I was a kid who didn't do anything on the group project. And still got an A? Yeah. It's pretty good. I thought that was funny. Don't worry. He's he's done plenty of class projects on his own, and everybody else has kind of latched on for credit. So, um, Yeah, it was basically the opposite of every other Bills game. So I had a guy who covered the Bills on Friday, right? And mm-hmm. so I asked – I just started peppering him with questions like, how has it changed under Joe Brady? I think this is a perfect example, right? The Cowboys play a ton of man coverage, and they just kept on spamming the tackle pull, right? They kept spamming the tackle pull. They would pull one linebacker away because they were in man coverage. The backside, which was usually Micah Parsons, had to respect Josh Allen's running ability. And they ran out a weak linebacker, number uh, I forget his name, number 14, um, not Demone Clark's 33, but they kept, are not, number, they kept on running at number 14, uh-huh. and then... If the end crashed in, they would bounce it outside. If the end played outside, they would you know, wrap it up in. And James Cook had all those yards, so they just kept on spamming that over and over. And I feel like the Bills finally got a, a defense that plays the way that they want to play against. And I don't, I don't know if Ken Dorsey just keeps spamming the same runs over and over again because the team doesn't adjust, right? Like, does Ken Dorsey live with 15 passing attempts in the game? Probably not. I, like, I don't I don't think so, right? And that's that's like the one that was the war on Ken Dorsey. Uh so for them, it's like, okay, they're starting to run the ball, get James Cook uh more involved in the receiving game. That's been maybe the biggest improvement too, besides this game, is James Cook involved in the receiving yes. game a lot more uh these last few weeks. That they are they are dangerous, Buffalo, right? I'm not I'm not picking them to win the AFC or anything. They'd have to make the playoffs for first of all to yep. do that. But they absolutely are dangerous and able to Go to head-to-head with anybody in the AFC. All right, let's move on to Sunday Night Football, where the Baltimore Ravens became the first team in the AFC to punch its playoff ticket. Nice road win down there in Jacksonville. In the meantime, the Jags have dropped three straight. They're just happy to be getting out of the AFC North because they lost three straight to Cincinnati, Cleveland, and then Baltimore. And a lot of this is going to center around their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who, of course, was the first pick of the 2021 draft. We're now almost through three years. Has he lived up to the hype for you? No. And he's still been really good, right? But to me, it's just... We talked about this also on Friday too, Chris. It's like, to me, Trevor Lawrence, like he's good at like all the things you want him to be at. But when he plays defenses that have their coverage and their pass rush married and playing well together, 
he has just bad moments and turnovers that end games, right? Like you look at games versus the Browns, the Ravens, the 49ers, Chiefs. Those are the four teams who like have the good coverage. They got good play callers. They got stuff that they're going to game plan. Just like, you know, top defenses in the NFL. Well, he's got to combine 10 interceptions and fumbles in those four games. He's got 10 in the other games. Um, and he just like has these ran- random screws. Like even yet last night, just dropping the ball in the red zone, right? And then not even a turnover, the end of the half, like throwing that ball to where it wasn't able to get out of bounds and you leave points on the board. Yeah. You just have these, and that's on Peter Doug Peterson as well too, but Trevor Lawrence still has to kind of know, like, hey, this ball cannot stay in bounds. I uh, should have just thrown it out of bounds. That he is, to me, not in that top tier quarterbacks. And I felt like coming into this year, this was the year, okay, he's going to make the jump into that, you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson range. And to me, he has just not done that this year. So how many years do you give a quarterback before you really can put a label on him? It Well, it depends. A three. Now, okay. here's the thing is Trevor Lawrence has proved he's really good, right? And I think the trajectory is still leading, get, going to get into that elite category eventually. But he's not hitting it at the same time that some of you know the other players you know, Mahomes, Allen, all those guys, those guys hit it by year three, where okay. Trevor Trevor Lawrence has hit the really good. He hasn't hit that great tier. Then to me, if that's the way you look at it, you have to look at it next year. I know it'll be no- year number four, but really year number three, because his first one so- was so screwed up under Urban Meyer. That almost was like something that could have like set him back with some quarterback PTSD, right? That's how bad the situation was down there. So once he cleaned that out and Doug Peterson came in, a guy who can teach quarterbacks and get the right offense and all that sort of stuff. Now, yes, would you like to see him make more significant strides? I don't know what's good. Does he have tiny hands or something? Because I don't remember if he's got Kenny Pickett disease. Does he? I don't think so. I'm going to look. I'm going to Google it right now. Okay. Trevor Lawrence hand size. Because he's got the most fumbles in the NFL since he came into the league. And yesterday, that one in the first half, I, I couldn't figure out what happened until we saw the replay because I was like, he didn't just drop the ball, did he? And sure enough, in the red zone, on third and 17, he drops the ball. All he has to do is protect it. If he gets six or seven yards, make an easier field goal attempt, fine. Get points on the board. You already missed a field goal. He just seems a little rattled and a little bit off against a good defense. And, yeah, the, the thing at the end of the half is inexcusable on every level. Every level, inexcusable. And I know that people will say, well, that's on Doug Peterson to remind him. This dude has played quarterback at a high level for a long time. He knows where the ball can go and where it can't. Yeah, you thought they were going to do like an out and up. Or like when they snapped that ball, it's like, okay, like good decision. Throw it into the end zone. Right. I don't don't waste a second when seconds matter. And instead they throw us, which again, that speed out, what was the goal of the speed out? You're going to have to throw into the end zone the next play anyways, right? It right. really doesn't change. And actually, in all, in all reality, it actually makes it harder because it creates less spacing in a do or die type moment where you're not allowed to run the ball there. Um, so it was just bad thinking all around. Fair. Um, but yeah, so Lord, but, but with Lawrence, like he does, he, by the way, he doesn't have uh small hands, 10 inch hands. You know, best quarterbacks in the league kind of have the, that hand size. It's just, I don't know. But you see, you see him make really. So I hate, I hate nitpicking him at this point, right? And be mm-hmm. like, well, why aren't you as good as Josh Allen and Justin Herbert? 
uh, because obviously those guys are both great or Lamar. But there is you just anytime they're playing the top defenses, I'm picking the I'm picking those teams, right? Like that's when we do our spread picks on our on the Talking Giants podcast. When I see Trevor Lawrence versus top five defense who has good pass rush and coverage, I'm never picking him. Fair. And by the way, they've gotten themselves in a mess. The Jags at the beginning of the year were far and away, I think, if you were to ask people who watch this sport closely, the team that had the easiest walk to a division title out of any team. And now here we are with three weeks left. They're in a three-way tie with Houston and Indianapolis at eight and six. Now the Jags still hold the tiebreaker. That's why they're leading the division at this point. But one misstep, and if one of those other teams goes 3-0 and down the stretch, guess who's fighting for a wild card? It's Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is screwing some shit up royally. I love Jacksonville. I want Jacksonville night game at home, too. I don't For some reason, it just looks cooler there than you have the people swimming in the pool at night. Um, That's a it was, it's been windy and a little chilly in Florida, too. So those people mm-hmm. in the pool were, were brave soldiers. Yeah, brave soldiers, no question. When I think bravery, I think Jacksonville swimming fan. I do no. want to get in that pool one day. No, you before don't. I die. Not gonna no, because I like you so much. Not gonna let you do that. Well, I'm a former pool guy. I will I will test the chlorine, the pH. Oh, the okay, you're right. Total you're alkalinity, right. make sure the stabilizer is yeah. not too high. I'll, I'll be on top of it. Okay, you're right. You're right. Expert, expert in the area. All right, my Cleveland Browns erased a ten point fourth quarter deficit to hang on against the Bears somehow. Bengals came back from 14 down in the fourth to upend the Minnesota Vikings. So Cleveland right now the five seed. Cincinnati right now the sixth seed, both with backup quarterbacks. Which team is more interesting? Well, it's the team I've been one of the most interested in all year, and that is your Cleveland Browns. Uh, Flacco, getting the ball to Njoku a little bit. Like you've seen Njoku get a little more involved, not a a lot more involved with him at quarterback, which I think is huge for them. I think that helps Amari Cooper, you know, not the offense not be all on him. I would love to see them get that running game just to be more consistent and efficient. But it's insane, bros. I I did it this week. I went and charted it of how many of the Browns points are, are allowed are coming off of turnovers. I went, I have my notepad right here. I charted it all. Yesterday, they gave up two touchdowns off of one yard. One yard of offense led to two touchdowns. And even that was like the like a nine-play sequence because they kept on having penalties back and forth. They're giving up 8.4 points per game off of turnovers. Most turnovers in the NFL were 30. They're 12th in points allowed despite being number one in yards by 27 yards per game. Uh, it's got to be so frustrating to be on that defense, yet they – continue to step up to the plate and then the offenses have these random magical moments like the Ravens game like this game uh the Colts game where they do pull it off at the in the end so the Browns are fascinating on many levels first of all I know that D'Amico Ryans is out there and so I think he's going to get most of the votes for coach of the year but if people really closely look at this Kevin Stefanski probably should win the honor out of all the teams that have at least nine wins in the NFL, they are the only team that has used more than one quarterback. And then have not only used four quarterbacks, but won games with four different starting quarterbacks. Yesterday, they lost Joel Batonio in the first quarter. So they were playing with their fourth string tackle on the left side. They were playing with their second string guard next to him. They were playing with their backup center. They were playing with their starting right guard. And they were playing with their third string right tackle. 
They were playing with their fourth quarterback, their second running back, and they started to all the injuries started to leak to the defensive side where they were playing with their fourth and fifth string safeties. And they were missing a starting linebacker and two main rotational pieces on the front line. 26% of their salary cap is on injured reserve. One quarter. So these aren't just bit players. These are studs, and somehow they are at 9-5. and five. With all that being said, I do think that if the Cincinnati Bengals get in there, I'm not going to put them on the same level as dangerous squad as Buffalo and Josh Allen, but they are really, really close because I think they don't give a shit who they play and where they play them. Zach Taylor, who has been basically like around the league, has been looked at as like bad coach, good quarterback situation. And we thought, and I said, like, hey, they're the most QB driven team Mm -hmm. in the league, right? And you saw it earlier in the year when Joe Burrow was hurt. They've they've adjusted and they've been able to put up points consistently, which I was again not expecting at all. And I've actually been more on the Zach Taylor's a good coach side. But I didn't think that they were capable of what they're doing right now. Uh, so yeah, they're. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna make the. Pl- what is the rest of their schedule? So I their mean, schedule's interesting. They're at Pittsburgh on Saturday, then they're at Kansas City, and then they're home against Cleveland. So their their schedule's challenging. Um, but I could see them winning two out of three. It wouldn't surprise me. And then that gets you to the ten seven mark, and then we're up in the. Part of their problem is at this point, even nine wins, you feel like they're going to make it too. Maybe, maybe. but here's their problem. They're winless in the division at this point. Their conference record, I believe is three and six. So those are not in good standing when it comes to tiebreakers. So uh, can I ask you one thing? uh, David and Joku said about the um, Hail Mary at the end that ended up in Darnell Mooney's lap before he kicked it away for an interception. He said, I literally almost shit myself. I almost did the same thing at work. Unreal. Un- un- like they actually almost had yeah. that Hail Mary. Yeah. Um, I don't know yeah. if I would have shown up today. I just want to let you know. Has your team ever lost? Have you have you ever like seen your team give up a hail mary? Okay, interesting. You bring that up because if you had watched game day final last night with myself and MJD, you would have seen in the Browns highlight right before that we did a flashback because it was forty three years ago this past week that it was the miracle in Minnesota. It was week fifteen of the season. There were no buys back then. He only played sixteen games, so it was the penultimate week of the regular season. If the Browns had won the game, they would have won the division and been in the playoffs. This is the famous Cardiac Kids team. They're up one. Minnesota's got the ball at midfield with one snap left. Tommy Kramer throws the ball. Tom Darden tips it up in the air. And Ahmad Rashad, Ahmad Rashad, yes, the announcer, ends up coming down with it and beats the Browns. Now, the Browns end up winning the next week in Cincinnati to clinch what was then the AFC Central. But it was crushing from my childhood. I was like, what just happened? What, that's not allowed. I feel like that's the second time Ahmad Rashad's been referenced on this show mm. um, as a player. I'm trying to remember what the other time would have been. Did we reference uh, him as Bobby Moore? Because that was his name when he was at Oregon. I don't know. It wasn't that. So that's that's the third different thing about Ahmad mm. Rashad we've talked about. Yeah. So I've seen, uh, believe me, I've seen it before, and it was 
horrific. It was horrific. Even worse than your um, – more traumatizing, I think, than your playoff one against Green Bay. Yeah, we were on both sides. One, the both of those ones were not really like game changing. They were just like game ending ones. We're on right. the flip. The Hakeem Nicks was like, oh shit, we're actually going to the NFC Championship again. And then the other one was like, of course, of course they get a Hail Mary. Uh, <laughs> that that was an of course one, not a, a game changing one. The weather may be cooling down, but the action on the field stays. And today we've teamed up with DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL, to get you. Closer to the action. Right now, new customers who bet just $5 will get $150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALL TODAY. Fan of multiple teams and want to bet on them all? Combine multiple bets together for a shot and even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Not to brag, I've went over 500 in spread picks every year on our Talking Giants uh, Pick'em segment. Uh where we do eight games every week, Mike. And I have not had a good year. It was like 10 games under 500. I've crawled back, and I am two games above 500 uh, going into the last three weeks of the season. Download the DraftKings. Let's go. It feels – I just wanted – like, I just want to – I want to be – that would be three years in a row being the same above 500 because 2020 we didn't do the spread. So 21, 22. Yeah, three years in a row. If you can get to 500 in those picks, you're doing well. I just need to be over through. I just need to be able to say the fact that I'm over 500. So I don't care if I'm one game or seven games. Seven games obviously feels a lot better, uh, but I, that's what's important to me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code Football today. Bet just five dollars in any wager and get hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code Football today only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's move on to a former Browns quarterback, Baker Mayfield, a perfect passer rating. First visiting quarterback to ever do that at Lambeau Field, by the way. Bucks beat the Packs by double digits, remain atop the NFC South. Are you buying Baker and the boys? Buying them in what sense? Like win a playoff could, game buying yeah, them? Yeah, could could they? Because, you know, the whole, the whole year we're like, okay, whomever the five seed is, is going to come in and kick their ass. Like now do you look at Tampa Bay and say, hmm, possibly they could hold home court no because i think either dallas or philly is going to be that like they have the the, unfortunately they they were going to be getting one of those two teams right uh i also like the packers on the like joe barry to me is i cannot believe he continues to survive as defensive coordinator but he plays the softest defenses ever he lets you run he plays like he basically lets you do whatever you want right and we saw that monday night football with my giants where it's like okay like this like in the back of my head i was like like covering covering the Giants like yeah this is a this was Tommy DeVito's best game but I'm like if I was a Packers fan I'd be livid at the way that they played Tommy DeVito they kind of let you do whatever you want but that being said like Baker like Baker should be proud right to Mm -hmm. you know a perfect passer is a perfect passer I don't give a damn who that's against he's been able to get the most out of those weapons this year and Mike Evans Chris Godwin had a big game yesterday even Kate Auten you know the young Titan uh tight end starting to do some stuff over there this Bucks team, I think, is like if they were playing anyone besides the top three teams in the NFC in the first round, I would give them a shot, right? If they were playing the you know the NFC North champion, which will be the Lions or any of the other wild card teams that aren't the Eagles or Cowboys, I'd give them a shot. But I don't, I don't think they're capable of hanging with those two teams. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Although I would say this: 
this is the best ball Baker's played since 2020. And he just, he feels more at ease. 2020 was still kind of frenetic. Like he would look, look for his first receiver. If that wasn't there, he'd go backward about seven yards, try and scramble out of the pocket and make a play. And sometimes he would make a play. Now he just feels like a more mature Baker. And I don't know if that's because he's been put in check because he's now on his fourth team in the last three seasons. But it does look like he feels like he has a home. Now, I don't know what direction the Bucks are going to go because I don't know what sort of changes they might make elsewhere with decision makers and or head coaching situation, all that stuff. But it feels like Baker is a legit quarterback. Yeah, he's going to last a long time, but he's going to be in the ultimate. Like, what do you pay this guy? Yes. Like, exactly. like that's like what – because the question – like. What do you pay Baker Mayfield? Because when you look, quarterback salaries are insane. There's like no middle ground on them. So does Isn't he Daniel get like Jones middle ground? Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Is the Daniel Jones contract is the middle ground? And that's $40 million a freaking year, right? And obviously you're not going to put him in that category. Um, but like if you look at it, like hey, he did the same things that Daniel Jones did before a contract. The difference is the Bucks didn't draft him. Um Okay, so hold on. Would you be comfortable if you were a Bucks fan and Baker got a three-year, $75 million deal? He had to sign a one-year deal worth nothing this year. So isn't it possible he would take a three-year, $75 million deal? And if you did that, based on the cap, I think it's going to be 242 next year. Maybe you could keep Mike Evans, and maybe you can continue to add pieces around Baker that would make this team the team to beat in the NFC South and maybe move up a little bit. If that's like all the guarantees are like one year, and it's like one of those con- like like a car, Derek, obviously not the average annual value is a Derek Carr contract with the Raiders, but where it's like, hey, this is a, this is one year, and we can get off of it completely out of with very little to none dead dead cap. Yeah, if not, but you look at like Jacoby Brissett, who you saw last year, who had played good football last year, and you're thinking, okay, this guy can be a nice little stopgap, and he actually finally got in a game yesterday. He only got a, a eight, one-year, $8 million contract. Is Baker playing that much better than Brissett did last year for the Browns? No, I mean, I think Brissett played very, very well in a tough situation. Um, but I'll tell you, man, every time I look up, Baker's doing good things. Like, if over the last three games, if he has some huge games, he's going to end up throwing for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Yeah, it's just I, I agree, and it's like okay, the the Bucks should bring back Baker Mayfield, but then it's like you go okay, but what what do you bring him back on? I don't know. I don't know. It's just something I wanted to put out there. All right, we got one more uh, before we get out of here. Ugly day for your Giants down there in the Bayou. Has the story of your boy Tommy DeVito run its course after being sacked seven times against New Orleans? Well, it's a it's a hilarious New York story to where now it's turning completely against them. Where the story Darren Rovell had the tweet about how he was supposed to do like an autograph signing at a pizza place for ten thousand bucks, and then the agent after the Packers game said, you know, twenty thousand, which I know looks really bad, but when you look at the nitty gritty, the place sells tickets to get autographs for fifty bucks, so they would have actually made money if he did it for ten grand. So I, I but obviously the details don't get a. Uh, looked at too much so yeah the story's over they're playing the eagles this week uh they're they're most likely going to finish this season zero and three it's gonna you're gonna look back at it as a fun little moment but it's it's over it is over and it's cute and i usually root for the underdog and 
as weird as the whole agent thing looks, the guy seems fine, right? Here's my problem with it, is that it feels like the league hopped on this bus and couldn't get enough of it. How the hell was he the NFC Offensive Player of the Week? The guy had one drive against the Packers, threw for less than 160 yards, and he was the best offensive player in the NFC in Week 14? What? I've I've found out this year that those awards are very much what is going to get the most interaction from a yes, fan base. That's it. It was it was so clear. Uh, the Giants before this week had won three straight. By the way, uh, offensive Pepsi uh, offensive Rookie. rookies of the week. Oh, very good. Have you seen the graphics I make for those? I I haven't. Not that I. They're very good. We lost our main graphic guy last year, so I just make oh, them. Oh, that's good. Like that. So hey, I, if you I, want, I, by the way, my son does graphics. He'll do them for you. See, but now it's fun to just make shitty graphics for uh, with Pepsi okay. with these guys holding Pepsis. Uh, I got it. Well, he'll do he'll do good stuff for you if you throw. But, like but you bucks. know what? I might actually do. You know, might actually have to hit up your son. Uh, yeah, he's good. He's good. He's talented. Go look at some of his work. Designs by Brady on Instagram. Designs. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down. He does really really good work. Check Should we try and get uh, him a a job internship with us? Well, you know, no, we're not. We're, I don't want to get you know people jobs. There's enough of that going on in the broadcasting world as is. So, oh, all right, one more. Listen, we're back at it again uh, Thursday night. There's actually an important game to kick off Week 16. It is the Rams playing host to the Saints. The winner of that game will be holding a wild card with just two weeks to go after that, and then. We'll set up the entire weekend schedule, Christmas Day, because we're not going to be working on Christmas. We'll work some point after that. But uh, cannot wait for all this stuff. For producer Mike, who does a bang-up job, and Bobby Skinner, hopefully you'll have some dude holding a Pepsi can on a shitty graphic sometime in the near future. Continued success with your Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Football Today. Hey, everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.